Acts chapter 12, if you have your Bibles and you'd like to read with me. Father, we approach your presence now and your touch, a special touch this morning, we ask. We ask you to touch us and help us to consider our ways. Consider our heart and consider our life. Consider our walk. Help us, Lord, this morning to look at the things that really matter in our life and look to you and say, thank you, God, and give you glory. God, we know that you're the author of all goodness and the author of all blessings. And we pray in Jesus' name that you would make us more aware today so that we will be better prepared to do the things you have in store for us in the future. Our future is in giving you the glory. And we praise you and we thank you for this occasion. And I ask you to use me as an instrument in your hand that my voice would be the voice of the Lord in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. And everybody said amen. amen. Acts chapter 12, verse 21 through 24 tells the story of a very famous man. Jesus probably was the most famous man in Israel at the time, but there was another man that was also very famous as well. His name was Herod. Verse 21 reads, And upon a day that was set for Herod, he was arrayed in the royal apparel, and he sat upon his throne, and he made an oration unto them. And the people gave out a shout, saying, This is the voice of a God and not of a man. And immediately the angel of the Lord smote him, because he gave not God the glory and he was eaten with worms and gave up the ghost. But the word of God grew and multiplied. Here we have a despot of a ruler in Palestine that made life miserable for Christians. He it was that made, wrought a lot of the havoc and a lot of the persecution for the early church. But he also was a person that was a, a builder of buildings and a, a builder of culture and art. He was a, a student uh, in the Grecian schools and he learned oratorical skills in the Greek universities. He learned about philosophy from Socrates. He learned about uh, Aristotle and Plato and Dante and all of the great philosophers. And he was a man that was very cultured he was also a man that was very, very rich and very well-to-do. Amen. And he loved to do his gift, and that was oratory. It was rhetoric. He was a great rhetor. And he was a person that was skilled in the art of public speaking. He could stir and could move a congregation with his voice. And his voice was so impressive in the speeches that he gave that the crowd, the Bible said, uh, mistook it for a voice that was of God, that the person was uh, actually a God that had spoken to them. Well, this was a man that had been elevated, and it is God that uh, elevates, and it's God that promotes. It's also God that demotes. It's also God that takes away vision. It's also God that takes away promise. It's a God also that, that when people don't live up to their expectation with God, then there are consequences. And this story gives us a great picture of 
When you don't give God the glory, there are consequences. When you don't live your life as a glory unto God, then there are also consequences. When you don't recognize God and you don't give God the credit for the good things that happen in your life, there are serious repercussions that happen because of that. Amen. You know, getting glory, getting credit, giving uh, of uh, certificates and trophies. I want to tell you, ministry is not about this building. Now, Debbie said it the other day, surprised me. Sometimes some wisdom just flows out of her mouth. And she said, church is not really building. Said, I don't know why you're so wrought up about buildings because buildings are not the church. The church is not a building. The church is people. Ministry is not structure, and ministry is, is not fame, and uh, ministry is not all of these things that go along with doing the work of the Lord. God will bless you, yes, and the Bible does say give honor to whom honor is due. It does say that. It says that the person that labors in word and doctrine are due double honor. It does say that we should reverence and respect those who are over us in the Lord. It does tell us that we should honor our elders, that we should give uh, them homage, and that we should respect them with a, a, a godly respect. You know, getting glory and getting credit is about this whole issue that was going on in heaven in some time in eternity past. There was three angels that are very prominent in Scripture. We know them as Gabriel, the messenger angel, and Michael, the warring angel. And the other was Lucifer. And Lucifer was the son of the morning, the Bible called him. He was also the worship leader in heaven. He was always the one that was taking the lead. And it seemed as, as if reading the different uh, scriptures about that relationship between he and God, there was a special relationship there. But when the item became so serious about worship and about giving God glory, Lucifer decided, I, I'm tired of giving somebody else glory. I'm weary with giving somebody else. I want the glory that I am giving to him. I want to receive glory, not give glory. I want to be the one that is worshiped, not the one that worships. I want to be the one that gets all of the credit and gets all of this glory. And you know what happened? The Bible said he got kicked out of heaven. You know, you wonder sometimes about the wisdom of people that listen to a person that got kicked out of heaven. How dumb is that? Amen. But the Bible tells us that when he was cast down, well, let's just read it. It's over in Isaiah 14, chapter 14, verse 11 through 14. Thy pomp is brought down to the grave, and the noise of thy vials, the worm is spread under thee, and the worms, well, where did we hear that from? Oh, it was over there about that King Herod, and the worms cover thee. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which didst weaken the nation? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend unto heaven, and I will exalt, exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds, and I will be like the Most High. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell, to the sides of the pit. What a story 
about a, a person who had ambition, ambition that was so strong that it caused him to turn against God, an ambition that was so powerful that it drove him to the point of trying to dethrone God and accept the place of God in our worship and all that goes on in the world. But I want to tell you, our God is a great God. He is a powerful God. He is an awesome God, and he's never caught off guard. He knows what's going on. I said he knows what's going on. He knows what's going on, and you never creep up on him. And uh, I often say it, has it ever occurred to you that nothing ever occurs to him? Because he knows the future, and he knows the past, and he knows the present. He can even look inside you and know the thoughts and intentions of your heart. He doesn't just listen to what you say. He knows what the really you, the real you, how you really feel about it, not those impressive words and, and those I want you to like me words. He, he knows how it really is. And when we come to him in prayer, he knows the sincerity of our heart, not just the, the, the verbiage and not just the jargon that we use, but it's the heart that really matters. Man looks upon the outward appearance, but God looks upon the heart. And when this man, Lucifer, this angel, Lucifer, a created being, by the way, when he did not fulfill his purpose and did not fulfill his role, then he was demoted and was taken away. There's that thing about God that if you don't do your purpose and if you don't do your plan and if you don't submit to God's will for your life, then there's consequences that occur. In other words, you just can't do wrong and get by. Sometime or another, God will call it, call it on you. And it wasn't just by happenstance that uh, Nathan walked into David's court and stuck his finger in his face and told him a story about a, a man who was uh, wrongly done and, and pointed his finger at David and said, Thou art the man. You see, God will always tolerate uh, wickedness. He won't always tolerate indifference or insolence. He is a God that is a, a God that is aware of what is going on everywhere in every heart at one time. Our minds cannot conceive God. We, his ways are so far above our ways as far as the heaven is above the earth. And the Bible tells us he is past finding out. So you might as well stop trying to figure out why and stop trying to figure out. Just say, oh Lord, help me to live a life that gives you glory. Help me to walk and talk and live and act in a way that gives you glory and gives you honor and gives you praise and gives you worship. Well, that's what it was all right in Matthew 4, uh, Matthew 4 when Jesus, the Bible said, was led into the, the wilderness for to be tempted by the devil. And the, we know that he was tempted there about the three things, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And we know about all of those uh, issues, and we know about his response. And I want to tell you, that was extreme pressure. This wasn't just one of the demons. This wasn't just one of the spirits, the evil spirit or the wicked spirit. This is Lucifer. This is the devil himself. This is Satan himself. This wasn't a mission that he subordinated out to one of his, his cohorts. No, he said, I'm going to do this myself. I'm going to stop this ministry before it ever gets started. 
And if I can stop the minister, I can stop Jesus, if I can stop him, if I can get him to abandon God's purpose, if I can get him to, to give uh, away the, the, the promise and give away the plan and give away the cross and give away the suffering and give away the dying and give away the healing and give away the ascension and give away the resurrection, if he'll give all of that stuff away, then I can stop the ministry in its footsteps. So he came to Jesus in the wilderness and he said, here is stones, why don't you command them to be made bread? And you know the response of Jesus. Thou shalt eat from the every word out of the mouth of the Father that he gives. The big thing was about worship. And when the devil, the Bible said the devil took him into a high place. You know, the, the devil can elevate people too. The devil can strategically place people also. Many times ministry is destroyed because Satan has planted people. Boy, that went over like a lead balloon, didn't it? Sometimes ministry is stopped in its tracks because you let the devil come and steal your promise and steal your victory and steal your, your, your power and steal your, your, your future. And you lose value for those things that God really means to you. Because the Bible tells us that God's kingdom is not about these things. It's not about these things. But what the devil does, he wants to get you to fussing about things. Does that make any sense? He wants to stop you from doing the real thing that matters by getting all of your attention and getting all of your concentration on things that don't really matter. Jesus even said, covet not the things of this world, that covetousness. Don't, don't get involved in that covetousness. Don't covet what somebody else has got. Don't covet the things that, that are in people's life. They're not rich because of things. What really matters to God is the richness that is in your soul. The Bible said God hath given to us all things richly to enjoy. Every one of us are rich in the blessings of God and rich in the things that God has given to us. And in respect to that, we all ought to live our lives as an honor and a praise. Our sacrifice ought to be a praise. Our, our coming to church, our teaching a class, our singing up here ought to give glory to God. If I'm going to sing a song, let it be a song that gives glory to God. If I'm going to preach a message, let me preach a message that gives glory unto God. If we're going to do something as a congregation, do it to the glory of God. In fact, the Bible said, do all in the name of Jesus and do all to the glory of God. It'll be a great day when we learn to give God all of the glory. The Bible said he's glorious in holiness. The Bible said he's glorious in righteousness. He's glorious in mercy. He's glorious in love. He's glorious in power. Our God is a glorious God. And the Bible said the earth is full of his glory. 
praise God. In fact, the Bible said that praise is due unto him. The Bible said all praise is due. David said, I'll spend my time in nothing else but just giving praise to God. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Giving glory to God is going to be the, the voice that I, I, I lift. It's going to be the tongue I speak with. It's going to be the eye contact that I make. Every effort that I have left in this being shall give glory unto God. Can you say amen to that? Amen. Well, let's take a little praise break and give him some glory, why don't you? <laughs> Consequences happen. And the Bible tells us that Jesus was standing there on that, that mount and Lucifer said, take a look out here and I want you to see the kingdoms of this world and their glory. Did you hear that? You mean the kingdoms of this world have glory? Oh, yes, there's all kind of systems in this world that give glory to people. Amen. There's all kinds of glory that has accrued to people as in measure, even to every one of us. The fact is, though, I don't have any glory that will heal anybody. I don't have any glory that will... I don't have any glory that will save a soul. I don't have any glory that'll heal a, a person. I don't have a, 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 any glory that'll heal a marriage. I don't have a, a, any kind of glory that can do a supernatural, miraculous thing. I don't have that kind of glory. That glory belongs to the Lord. I'm simply a representative. That's all I am. I'm just a vessel. I'm just an instrument. I'm just a channel through which the spirit of the God I love and serve flows. And that's what you are. That's what every one of us in this house are. We're vessels, we're instruments to convey the glory of God out to individuals. When Moses stood over there on the backside of Midian and he saw that bush burning and he heard that voice uh, speak to him and tell him that the ground was holy to take off his sandals and take off his shoes, and he said, I want you to go and tell Pharaoh to let my people go. Oh, said Moses, I, I can't do that. I, I'm not an orator. I, I'm not a speaker. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm timid and I have this, this thing about getting up before people and speaking. I can't do that. God said, we'll fix that. Aaron can go with you. Every time he offered a, a problem, God had a remedy for it. And finally, he said, well, I'll tell you one thing, God. I'm not going to go unless you promise to go with me. Unless you, unless you promise to go with me. And the Lord said, I will go with you wheresoever thou goest. Wherever you go, I'll go with you. And he said, well, then, Lord, if you're going to go with me, then I'm going to ask you one more thing. Would you please show me? your glory would you show me your glory would you show me your glory would you somehow just come down and let us see the glory of the lord that glory was so thick it was like the cloud that was in the tabernacle when the people stood outside and could not enter because the glory of the Lord was in the house of God so strong that the worshipers couldn't get inside because the glory was so powerful. Hallelujah. I want to tell you, God's glory is a powerful thing. God's glory 
It, it moves and it shakes and it does things. It, it causes earthquakes and it causes fire, wildfire. It, it causes all kind of natural things to happen. The glory of the Lord. The glory of the Lord was present in creation. The glory of the Lord was present in the tomb when Jesus came forth. The glory of the Lord was on the road to Emmaus. The glory of the Lord was there when Jesus uh, preached the ascension sermon and then disappeared and said, I will come again and receive you unto myself. But he's also said to every one of you, not just Moses, but to you, I will go with you. If you will make me your glory, I will go with you and you will accomplish great things if you'll just let me be your glory. Show me your glory. God, show harvest your glory. God, would you just scoop down a large sum of your glory? Would you just fill this building, oh God, with your glory so powerful that people will come under the spell of conversion and find salvation for souls? I pray, oh God, that the power of the Lord would fill this house with such glorious presence that people would be made aware that they're in the presence of an awesome God. Oh Lord, I pray that as people walk in the doors of this building, that there will be a sense of the presence of God in this place. This is just not an ordinary place. This is not just a location on a map, but God, this is the house of the living God. This is the house of our Lord. And we worship you in glorious holiness today. We worship you, God, with all the strength that we have because you're the object of our affection and you're the object of our glory. Praise your name, Jesus. Jesus looked at the kingdoms of this world and he looked at the glory that was due unto the kingdoms of this world. And he looked over at Lucifer who was desiring the worship of Jesus. Jesus said, it is written. Mm, it is written. Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God and him only shalt thou serve. And the Bible said, and Satan departed from him. Brother, could I tell you that there is no greater antidote to chase off the devil than to quote the pure word of God. You think he'll hang around when the word's going forth? No. You know why? It's because the word of God is truth. The word of God is truth. Jesus said, I'm the way and I'm the truth. Also, one of his titles was the word of God. The word of God is truth. You know what the truth of God does to a lie? Chases it off. Runs it off. Puts it to flight. Hey, there is no greater weapon you own and have than the word of God. Put it in your heart. Put it in your mind. Put it in your soul. Put it in your spirit. Keep it in the inside. Put it on the outside. You need to be all about the Word of God because the Word of God gives God glory. Gives God the glory. Wow, that's so powerful. Jesus came out. You know, Esther was in a position 
where she had to make a, make a decision. God had elevated her. God had moved her. A Jewish girl had moved her into the palace. And here she is in the palace. And as is loved by the king. And Mordecai came and reported that Haman, the henchman, Haman, had determined to wipe out the Jews. He had determined to do genocide. He had determined we're going to kill all the Jews. And Mordecai said to Esther, Esther, if you don't intervene, if you don't go before the king and tell the king what's happening, then all of Israel is going to perish. The whole people of God are going to be wiped out if you don't do something. And the Bible said, Esther said to her handmaids, pray with me and fast with me. Because if I go into the king unannounced, if he hadn't sent for me and I walk in, he can just kill me. But if I perish, I perish. Oh, what she was saying was, who I am and who I serve, my ministry means more to me. And the God who gets the glory is the God that will deliver me and will save his people. And the Bible said, by faith, Esther went into the king and found favor and the whole nation of Israel was saved because one lady said it's more important to serve God and give God the glory than it is unto man. Yeah. I will not fear what man shall do unto me. The Lord is the strength of my life, sang David. The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I fear? Or of what shall I be afraid? The Lord. The Lord is my rock. And when my heart is overwhelmed, Lord, lead me to that rock that is higher than I. For thou hast been a shelter for me. Thou art my shield. Thou art my high tower. Of whom shall I fear or of what shall I be afraid? Brother, when people give glory to God, that fear just goes away. That fear just goes away. I was riding at a old 56 Plymouth back from a revival with my dad. We were living on the campground then. My dad was a state evangelist. This is many years ago. My baby brother, Michael, was a baby. The children, all the children in Birmingham were just dying with diphtheria. They had children in the hallways. They had them in any area they could stick a bed. And that epidemic, was, it was just so widespread. And you know what COVID did to all of us, you know, a few months, a year, a year ago. And all of those children were, were, were dying. And we walked into the parsonage there at, on the campground, and Dad walked over to the crib where Michael was sleeping, and he was gasping for breath. As an hour went by, he got worse and could hardly breathe. And I remember that old chair in that 
living room on the ground floor. And I went over there and knelt with my dad. My dad was holding Michael in his arms. And I knelt beside that chair. And I heard my dad say, God, I've been preaching your word tonight. I've lived for you tonight. I've told people that you're a God who answers prayer. I've told people tonight that prayer changes things and that if we pray in faith believing that you would answer. And God, I need you to touch my baby. I need help from you right now, God. And I remember when my dad looked down, Michael had gone back to sleep. And dad walked in there and put him in the crib bed and we went to bed and slept. Do you serve a God who does things like that? Do you serve a God who does things like that? I do. I do. I've seen God do seemingly impossible things. And you wonder how in the world that that happened. It can be nothing else but the God of all grace and the God who cares for us. And to Him be glory, to Him be honor, and to Him be all the praise. Just let me live my life and let it be pleasing, Lord, to you. And if I gain any praise, let it go to Calvary. For with his blood he has saved me. With his power he has raised me to God be the glory for the things he has done. Can you say praise the Lord? Here we have this man sitting on a throne. He's all prepared for his big moment. The crowd is there. All the tenants are there. All the enthusiasm, all of the excitement is going on. And suddenly, in walks King Herod. He and his entourage, they make their way to the platform. He steps up on the stage and he begins to gesture and he begins his oratory to all of the people. And he moves them with such great oratorical skills that they are so impressed that they declare him to be a God. You know, God did not mind him being gifted. God did not mind him having talent. God did not mind him having ability. Where God had a problem was that next verse down there. It said, for he did not give glory unto God. He did not give glory unto God. Well, that was a man on a th throne. Let's, let's look at another situation in Luke chapter 12. That man was a king. Herod was a king. This man is a farmer. Listen to the narration. 
And he said unto them, Take heed and beware of covetousness. Seemed like I said that earlier in the service. Beware of covetousness, for a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesses. A man's life consists not of the things, the abundance of things that he possesses. Now, this guy's rich. Listen to what it says. It said a, a rich man, a certain rich man, the ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. Brought forth, in other words, God blessed. God blessed. Brother, that guy was blessed because he had a good producing piece of ground. And he spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do? Because I have no more room where to bestow my fruits. And he said, This will I do. I will pull down my barns, and I will build greater, and there will I bestow all of my fruits and all of my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, take thine ease. Thou hast much good laid up for many years. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God... But God said unto him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee, and then who shall those things be which thou hast provided? So is he that layeth up treasure for himself, listen, and is not rich toward God. The actual Greek reads, and does not give glory to God. Wow. John the Baptist said, I must decrease, but he must increase. You see, this man had something that he owned. He owned a seed. He owned a seed. He had no doubt, with using his intelligence, prepared the ground to receive the seed. And he put his seed into God's ground. Have you ever put a seed in God's ground? You, maybe you don't understand. I need to preach about that. Have you ever put a seed in God's ground? Have you ever planted in God's ground? The Bible talks about a gospel that sows gospel seeds and he that went forth bearing precious seed. Come on. The Bible said if he goes forth in righteousness, he will return, bringing in the sheaves. Amen. The purpose and the plan is productivity. The expectation, the aspiration is much good, so much that I'll have to tear down my small barns and I'll have to big, bigger barns. The problem God has with that mentality is you're living for the wrong world. You're living for things in the present. You're living for things like they are here. You're wanting more of this world's goods so that you can get even more rich than you are now. Boy, that is good preaching. 
And the Bible said for us to be content with what we have. Therefore, having food and raiment, let us be content, the Bible says. That's what we need to live, isn't it? Is food and raiment and a place to stick our head. And he said, if God does more than that, you're really, really blessed. Is there anybody here that's got more than enough to eat? Is there anybody here that has got, got a place to stay? Anybody here got fine? Well, you don't have to answer that. You got them on. Then our God supplied the food and the raiment and the shelter. Praise God. And then everything else you've got. That's just the blessing of God in your life. You ought to walk through the house when you get home today saying, Thank you, Lord. 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 Moses was challenged. Will you take on the responsibility of leading my people? Or is being who you are more important? Which is more important? Moses, the Bible said, by faith Moses chose. Come on, somebody. By faith Moses chose. to suffer the afflictions of the righteous rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. He said, I'd rather my life give glory unto God. I'd rather be used of God. God, if you can use me. Oh, what was really at stake was there's four million Jews that are in bondage and slavery. And God wants them to be free. And he just challenged me and said, will you go and lead my people out of bondage? Oh, it meant more to him. It meant more to him to please God than it did for him to satisfy himself. Oh, brothers and sisters, whatever God challenges us to do, it's the greatest thing in the world to find ourselves busy doing those things that please him, that I may please him who call me. Oh, Lord, have mercy. The pleasures of sin. By faith, by faith, Rahab made a choice. By faith, Abraham made a choice. God said, get up and go to a land that I will show you. And the Bible said, so Abraham, or Abram at that time, got up and went. What did he do? He said, I'm going to choose God. I'm going to go God's way. I'm going to do things God's way. You know what? Things go well when you do things God's way. But if the enemy can short circuit, if the enemy can short circuit the plan of God and can stop a ministry in its steps, that is the main objective that he has. The main objective he has. But as long as we, we remain in that attitude of giving glory to God, then we're too busy giving God glory than we are to stop and be divisive about things. Things. 
I was in Nashville hosting a Praise the Lord program on TBN with Mark Sorolla. Looking at all those cameras and looking at all the things there. And a little boy from Alabama sitting up there on a global television set talking to people all over the world. And when they took me to get on the flight to fly back, I kind of felt like, well, I'm kind of special, praise the Lord. I've made pretty good for myself. I've done some pretty great things, thank the Lord. You drove me to Nashville one night over at Twitty City. Yeah, now I don't need to tell that story. And on that flight that night, I knelt in my heart. Wasn't room to kneel between those seats. But I knelt in my heart, and I said, Oh, God, help me, Lord, never to feel like that, that this, this is me, that ministry is me, that it's because of me. God, please don't ever let me get like that. Don't ever let me think, Lord, for one moment that this is anything that I have done. And from that time, I have determined God get all the glory. God, you get all the glory. If you want to adjust it, if you want to grow it, you can grow it. If you want to trim it, you can trim it. If you want to expand it, you can expand it. If you want to broaden it, you can broaden it. If you want to build it, you can build it. If you want to, oh, glory to God. Whatever you want to do, God, Whatever you want to do, you just do whatever you want to do. And I'll do my part. I'll do my role. I'll be what you want me to be. I'll say what you want me to say. I'll go where you want me to go. Stand with me, please. All the glory. Of your presence, we, your temple, sing with me, give you reverence, so arise from your rest and be blessed by our praise as we glory. In your embrace, as your presence now fills this place. Father God, we thank you this morning for reminding us once again that the glory of the Lord is our companion, that the glory of the Lord is powerful and mighty in presence and in practice help us oh lord in this service this morning right now oh god if there be any covetousness within us if there be any self-centeredness about us if there be any self must increase help us to realize right now oh lord that promotion comes from the lord and help us to realize this morning, God, that your grace is sufficient. 
for whatever need we have in our lives. Who this morning would say, Pastor, I need a touch of the presence. I need a touch of the glory. I need a, I need a touch of the awesomeness of his power. I need, I need a sovereign God to touch me this morning. I need to leave here encountered by God. I want to leave here challenged God to be more than I've ever been for him before. I want to leave out of this building today changed. I don't want to be like the man with the barns that wants to build bigger and can't ever get enough to satisfy his desires. Lord, I want to be pleased with what you give and what you do. I don't want to be like a Herod. I don't need the praise and the applause of people. I don't need all of those things, those riches in this world's goods. God, if I can just have you in my life, if I can just have you in my life, if I can feel your presence and know that you're with me and know that you walk with me and know that you're supplying needs in my life, if I can just know that and just live that life, Lord, that's all I need. And Lord, whatever you do in my life, family, home, children, cars, a job, clothes to wear, whatever you give me, whatever you bring into my life, God, I will give you glory and I will give you honor and I will give you praise. The last day of my life, I will say, blessed be the name of the Lord. God is good. God is glorious. God is marvelous in his kindness, his loving kindness. Thank you, God. Why don't you just reach your hand right up right now? I, I just feel a special touch of God here this morning. Hallelujah. If you're here this morning and, and you need God to do something special for you, then it's as close as your breath. It's right near you. God is right beside you right now. He's hearing everything you say to him. He knows your heart, knows what you need. Why don't you just speak it out to him right now? Amen. Just tell him. God, I need a healing touch for my body. God, I need forgiveness for a grudge that I've been carrying for a long time. And I, I, I haven't given you glory because of some feelings that I've had. And Lord, today I'm going to leave this altar and I'm going to leave this church without that burden and without that sorrow and without that grief. Lord, today is going to be a day of change for me. I'm going to live the rest of my life differently than I've lived it till now, God. I've determined that I'm going to be a person that reflects the glory of God. I'm going to be a person that does everything I do for the glory of God. Is that your intention this morning? Would you say that this morning? I intend for my life to give glory to God. I want people around me to see the glory of God in me. Is that your prayer this morning? If it is... If you just step out and come right down here and let me pray a prayer with you before you go, we'll be dismissed in this prayer if you'll just come. I promise I won't keep you long if you'll just come. When Jesus went in that upper room, keep coming, come on, come on. When Jesus went into that upper room, 
disciples were fussing and fighting about things. You know what they were fussing about? They were fussing about who's going to sit here and who's going to sit there. This is, this is my place at the table. This is where I'm going to sit. Lord, I want to sit at your right hand. I want to be here. This is the place of prominence right here. I'm, I want to be prominent. I want to get that. Up. And while they quibbled over things, and while they fussed about things, Jesus went to his knees. And Jesus washed their feet. Is that what you want God to do today? What would it take for you to become a foot washer? What would it, what would it take for you to become a servant? What would it take for you to become a person that God could use to give glory to his name? Oh, Peter, when Jesus came to Peter, Peter said, no, 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 no. You're not going to wash my feet. And Jesus said, Peter, if I don't wash your feet, then you have no fellowship with me. You have no place with me. Peter said, Lord, then not just my feet, but wash my face also. Wash all the rest of me if that's what this is about. If this is about humbling yourself and becoming a servant, then Lord, help me to put up that robe of a, a servant. There's something marvelous in the scripture where the Bible said, and Jesus divested himself of garments. He took off his tunic. And the Bible said he took a towel. Are you listening to me? He took a towel and he gird himself with a towel. A towel is the normal garb of a slave in Rome. What Jesus was saying was, I will become a slave to the Lord to be who he sent me to be, to do what he wants me to do, to say what he wants me to say, and go where he wants me to go. Can God count on you for that? Can God count on you for that? Be careful now because that's serious and he's listening. I said it's serious and he's listening. And he don't forget. He'll remember this morning. I said he'll remember this morning. And he'll remember this message. In fact, he'll remember it so well, Pastor Don, that when I walk into his presence, I'll be confronted with this message that I've preached. I'll be held accountable for what I have said here this morning. That word is so important that every jot Every tittle, every crossing of the T, every dotting of the I is inspired by God. Let it be a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. There was a young lady, she was 17 years old, a member at Harvest, the most famous member Harvest has ever produced. 17 years old, she went to Brother Sewell was a 
elder in the church then. He hadn't even started his ministry yet. He drove her to the train station, a 17-year-old girl, because she said she wanted to be a missionary. She wanted to be used of God for the salvation of lost people who've never heard the name Jesus. An elderly missionary wrote her a letter and asked her to come to Africa and to assist her in world missions in Africa, in Tunisia, Tunis actually, in Tunisia. She went there with the expectation that God, whatever you want to do with me, God, here I am. Got on that train, went to Miami, Florida. Got off of that train, was standing there in the train station, and a young lady walked up to her named Alice Miller. She said, are you Margaret Gaines? She said, yes, I am. She said, the Lord told me that I was to go with you. And for decades, they ministered. Finally, Margaret said, I want to go to the land of my Lord. I want to go to Palestine. And most of you think that she was a missionary to Jewish people, but that's not true. She was a missionary to the Palestinian people. She lived in one of the little villages called Abud out on the West Bank. When she went there, there were 17 villages that were Christian on the West Bank. The Muslims had killed and persecuted them all until Abud was the only one that was left that was Christian. I stood in that church and preached the gospel as clearly as I did at the Shangri-La Hotel in Manila, Philippines. In that little humble place with those Palestinian people that oftentimes had to stay indoors for as much as two weeks, couldn't go outside because they were under curfew. It was the people like that that Margaret, and Margaret taught their children in a school, built a school there that is the model for the government of Israel today. They modeled their school after Margaret Gaines' school in Abud. How do you touch a world for God? Give all the glory to Him. Give all the glory to Him. Give all the glory to Him. There was a group of young men that were in college together. They graduated, they decided they wanted to go to South America. One particular young man, one of those young men, was married to a beautiful lady, but he went on to Africa in hopes of bringing her later. The Azuka Indians in that region were very hostile. And those four young missionaries were all killed on the beach. They lost their life for their Lord. 
Isn't it something that his wife now heads the largest missionary effort to that particular country of the Azuka Indians in South America? Instead of letting bitterness set in and grudge and mean-spiritedness, she took up where her husband left off and she became the missionary that he wanted to be. Somebody said, oh, I was there the night he died. Paul Henson, the youth director, looked at him and said, that's not possible, sir. He died on a beach in South America. I said, no, he didn't. He said it was in Canton, Ohio. And said there was an altar call given in a church. And he said, I was present that night. And said, I walked down with him and knelt in the altar. And I heard him say, God, I'll be what you want me to be. God, I'll do what you want me to do. Sir, he said, that was the night he died. South America is where he took off. We could die out to the things of this world. I have all confidence that we would still be blowing and going, Don, if we didn't have to stop and take notice of the things of this world. If we could just have kept our vision, kept our mind on what we were doing and where we were going and souls we were reaching and people we were touching. But thanks be to God, I feel like traveling on, don't you? Had some setbacks along the road, but I feel like traveling on. Been some times that were tough, but I feel like traveling on. If that's your attitude this morning, I need a hearty amen. 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 Could we do what I preached about for about 30 seconds this morning? Best glory to God you got. Could you do it? Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Praise his name, bless his name, bless his name. Thank you, my heavenly Father. We worship you, we glorify you, we give you all the honor, all the praise. All the praise, 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 all the honor, all the glory, all the majesty. Lord, it belongs to you, and we give you all that praise. Blessed be God. Blessed be God. Hallelujah. Now turn and tell someone God is great, and God supplies our needs. God bless your heart. Thank you so much for coming today.